I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to this special mini-episode of History and Retrograde. Uh, I'm uh, your co-host Chandler O'Quinn, coming to you from the editor's booth. Uh, so, uh, we are still on hiatus, uh, so, uh, we are not providing you, uh, the, uh, full content every week, uh, as usual. Uh, season two is gearing up. It will be premiering July 1st. Uh, but in the meantime, every other Friday, we're giving you a little mini-sode where we, uh, revisit one of the people that we've done over, uh, the first season. Uh, this, uh, mini-sode, we are going to look into the relationship between Catherine Demet Medici and Nostradamus. Uh, so uh, Catherine de' Medici and Nostradamus uh, met several times. Uh, Nostradamus advised uh, de' Medici uh, at various times during her career, and uh, de' Medici helped uh, Nostradamus in his career as well. Uh, so uh, this first part of the minisode was recorded during the Catherine de' Medici um episode recording, uh, and so this first part, uh, Mom has no idea who she's dealing with. She just knows that this person has some relationship with Nostradamus. Uh, we then come together at the end uh, to uh, discuss what their relationship was and uh, what her findings were. Uh, I would encourage you, if you're interested in uh, what you're hearing in this minisode, uh, please check out our previous episodes on these two subjects. Uh, Nostradamus uh, was uh, the first First person uh, that we ever uh, did an episode on. So should be uh, season one, uh, episode one, um, though it might be episode two, depending on uh, what uh, podcaster you're using. And then uh, Catherine de' Medici uh, was uh, done uh, just a few episodes before our uh, season finale. Uh, so uh, check those out, Nostradamus, Catherine de' Medici. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Please enjoy this History in Retrograde mini all right so we have in this now what you're seeing is nostradamus is in blue and this person is in red okay all right so this person's mercury falls in nostradamus's first house in aries uh this person Sun and Venus and Uranus also fall in and also fall in this person in, in Nostradamus's first house. So there's definitely a personality exchange here. 
Um, and, uh, okay, there, Ascendant falls still within Nostra Thomas's first house. And their North Node falls in Nostradamus's second house. There's not a huge, huge amount of difference because Nostradamus has, uh, also has, um, he has Aries rising and this person has Taurus rising. That's what I was trying to say. Okay. And then, uh, this person's Mars falls in Nostradamus's fourth house. Uh, this person's moon and Jupiter fall in Nostradamus's seventh house, which is very interesting because when someone's moon falls in someone else's seventh house, that's uh, a lot of emotion. And also, um, this would be a good aspect for a romantic partner if this person's moon fell in, in you know, if the female's moon falls in the male's seventh house. But in any case, a, a good partnership. Definitely. And and this person's moon and Jupiter both fall in Nostradamus's seventh house. So definitely a good partnership. Um, then this person's Pluto falls in Nostradamus's tenth house. Uh, which would be really good for his career. This person... How so? Well, this person could be very powerful in Nostradamus's career. Uh, powerful influence in his career. Uh, but could also bring... Because Pluto is all that Scorpio stuff, right? Um, occult, uh, supernatural, um, but also you know, um, sexuality and taboo topics and all the things that Pluto rules. Then this person's Midhaven falls in Yeah, this person's Midhaven falls in Nostradamus's 11th house. Their Saturn also falls in his 10th house. So we have lessons and power in the career. So this person would influence his career. Um, their Chiron falls in his 11th house. So there would be some healing, nurturing ability between this person could lend that healing, nurturing ability to Nostradamus regarding groups of people. Uh, this person's Neptune falls in Nostradamus's 12th house which would accentuate the supernatural aspects. And it's also karmic because it's falling in their 12th house. This person's Neptune. Somehow they have some karmic connection with uh, supernatural things. Do you want me to do it the other way where we see where Nostradamus's things fall in their houses? Yes. Uh, yeah, let's uh, take a look at the synastry uh, on how Nostradamus would affect uh, our mystery history guest. Okay. 
Okay, so uh, how Nostradamus affects our current unknown person. So Nostradamus has Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars in this person's third house. So his Mars in Cancer is exactly conjunct they're more Mars and Cancer, which I, which I could have seen before, but, um, it's more, it's more obvious here. Okay. So regarding communication and the situation possibly with war, uh, passion, they both have a, a distinct passion for, um, could be psychic ability, could be um, uh, something to do with, because cancer is psychic abilities, all those watery things, right? Cancer also has all those emotional connection, you know, connected to emotions, very comfortable in the, in emotions and psychic abilities and things like that, but it falls in this person's third house. So it, it, I don't know. I'm not even looking at the difference in their ages or whatever, but uh, perhaps Nostradamus could have been a teacher of this person, maybe. Um, then Nostradamus's Chiron falls in this person's fourth house. And uh, that's very healing and nurturing because Chiron is healing and nurturing. Uh, then Nostradamus's moon and Pluto fall in this person's seventh house. So powerful energy exchange. These people have a very intense seventh house partnership situation. Almost karmic with Pluto there. Like this is not their first rodeo. Uh, then, uh, Nostradamus's Midhaven and his son fall in this person's eighth house, which is also, again, that kind of teacher thing, kind of teacher student thing. His Neptune falls in this person's ninth house. Uh, Neptune is at 22 degrees Capricorn. And this person has Pluto conjunct Saturn. So his Neptune is there. So there's some teaching, maybe, I don't know. There's some kind of supernatural exchange between these two people. They're working together in the psychic realm, I'm going to guess. Because I know Nostradamus is, you know, a, a, a prophet. And if this person knows Nostradamus, they should have been very close. Um, this, uh, his Venus falls in this person's 10th house, which lends, uh, benevolence to this person's career. His Uranus falls in this person's 11th house. So they have a very interesting 11th house exchange. 
his north node and his ascendant fall in this person's 12th house, which is very karmic. Um, if I look at this person's chart, the original person, the unknown person, um, because now that I know we're dealing with Nostradamus, this person... Uh, I don't know, this person, I mean, this person could have been a, a really good light person. And I always go light first, but this person with this Pluto conjunct Saturn in the ninth house in Capricorn. And I mean, dark side of Aquarius can be totalitarian. Uh, I don't know. I'm very curious about what's going on because uh, this could be a, a very interesting relationship. This is a very interesting relationship between these two people. Do you have any questions? Um, not. I don't have any uh, questions about their uh, looking at these two and their impact on each other. Okay. Um, there's one last thing that I'd like to do, okay. and that is to see um, our mystery history guests um, chart uh, on a specific day. Okay, let me go to their chart and let me open another window. And um, for what day? June 22nd. Uh-huh. 1559 J-U-L. All right. So we'll just start with uh, what's going on in the first house. First house, we have a transit of Neptune and uh, Saturn. Neptune and Saturn very close to the north node. This person has natal north node at zero degrees Gemini. And we have transiting Neptune at 27 degrees Taurus, which is conjunct by degree within five degrees. And transiting uh, Saturn at one degree Gemini, which is also conjunct by degree. So Whatever is happening, transiting Saturn and Neptune are hitting this person on this particular day by degree. So this person would have, this is directly related to how people see them and how they view themselves and to this person's direction. Okay. So this person's direction is being afflicted by Neptune and Saturn in Taurus, which is unknown, unknown lessons, maybe, or it could be psychic lessons because it's Neptune, uh, something unknown, veiled, lies, um, and lesson to be learned with that. Saturn and Neptune conjunct in Taurus, uh, well, I, well, they're not, you know, one of them is in Gemini, the other one is in Taurus, the Neptune's in Taurus, but it's definitely affecting this person's direction, making their direction not necessarily clear, 
are able to be, maybe they are not able to be seen clearly in this particular situation on this day. We have sun transiting their third house, which is communications, and we have Mercury transiting their third house, which is communications. And I want to see how close that Mercury is to the Mars. Mercury is at 22 degrees. So Mercury transiting Mercury is conjunct their Mars at 18 degrees. So there's some, again, communication about war, communication about direction, communication about uh, Martian things. But Mars and Cancer and the Sun is at nine degrees Cancer in the third house. Lessons, communication. Venus is transiting their fourth house. Venus is at seven degrees Leo. Transiting their fourth house. Venus, something good with the home. Venus is benevolence. Venus is um, gifts. Uh, it's not the same as Jupiter. Venus is fun. Venus is, uh, you know, um, it should be good things coming to the home. It should be. Uh, then we have Uranus in the sixth house. Okay, so that's crazy, unexpected things with work and health. Because six is also health. So Uranus is at 11 degrees uh, 11 degrees Scorpio transiting the sixth house very close to the seventh house cusp which is at 15 degrees Scorpio so this Uranus is within the orb of that seventh house cusp so this Uranus could be affecting work but it could also be affecting partnerships because it's so close to the seventh house you see this? uh-huh uh, Chiron. And how, it, how would it affect partnerships? Well, it's in Scorpio, so uh, anything that has to do with Scorpio it could be death. And, it could be death. It could be rebirth. It could be uh, lightning changes. It could be lightning changes having to do with the occult. Lightning changes having to do with sexuality. Hidden things. Things that are hidden. All the things that Pluto rules for Scorpio. You know what I mean? Then we have Chiron and Mars transiting the seventh house with Chiron being in Scorpio and Mars transiting Mars being in Sagittarius. So again, uh, Chiron is wounded healer. So there could be some situation with someone being injured or having to be healed in some way. And Mars in uh, Sagittarius, which is going to happen fast. Mars, uh, it's just, it's something that is very, I mean, like, you know, Mars in Sagittarius is getting on your horse and riding towards something, right? No fear, just going at it, you know? And uh, this is um, happening in the seventh house, something about the partner. This person's partner. That's that would be something 
you know, but it also could be like really super romantic. Could be. I mean, there's one side that could be just really, you know, direction and riding towards it and somebody getting wounded and then healing or whatever. And then unexpected here with this, you know, Scorpio, but you know, there's different aspects to everything. Then this person has on this day, moon transiting their 10th house in Aquarius. I don't know how, how significant that is. Let me see what the degree of the moon is. Moon is at four degrees Aquarius. And this person has Chiron at eight degrees Aquarius. So the moon, the transiting moon on this day is somehow connected to this person's wounded healing situation natally in Aquarius in the 10th house. We have Pluto and Jupiter transiting this person's 11th house. So death and rebirth with groups of people, the masses, but also uh, Jupiter is there. So there is some benevolence and uh, Pluto and Jupiter are in Pisces. Uh-huh. Going through the 11th house. So I would think... It, there should be some good things going on with groups of people. Uh, transiting North Node is transiting this person's 12th house. So in Aries. So mm, karma with things ruled by Mars. Karma, North Node in the 12th house. Uh... Note at four degrees. And their natal Mercury is at uh, seven degrees. So this North Node is coming around on this day to its conjunct their natal Mercury in Aries in the 12th house. So whatever they communicate. This is very significant communication. Could deal with war. I mean, this, you know, whenever we're in these times, there's a lot of war all the time. I mean, we have war now, but I'm just thinking that if this person was connected to Nostradamus, then uh, it's something about war, probably. Do you have questions? Uh, no, no, I, I think... Uh... I, I I think that this is uh, very accurate. Oh, good, because I have no idea what we're doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think that this is uh, a lot of the things that happened on this day in her life. Wow, okay. Uh, so our uh, findings on uh, our... Uh, guest which the at this point I'll, I'll let you in on a little inside baseball uh mom does know who it is now uh so it is uh, catherine de medici and uh and her relationship with uh nostradamus uh so uh, let's take a little uh look at uh, what she found looking at the uh, two charts uh so uh looking at um Catherine's uh, impact on uh, Nostradamus, uh, there's certainly a personality exchange between the two. Uh, they would have a good partnership, maybe even a little romantic uh, partnership. 
Um, very powerful in Nostradamus's career. Uh, connected to lessons and power in Nostradamus's career. Uh, she uh, could be healing and nurturing to Nostradamus. Mm-hmm. And there is a karmic connection with supernatural things between the two. Yes. Uh, and then looking at um, his uh, impact on her, mm-hmm. um, there is a distinct passion. Um, there is uh, the ability to communicate about conflict and war. Uh, could uh, He could have taught her. There, there is some sort of instructor relationship there. Uh, there is an intense karmic partnership. Um, if you believe in the uh, ideas of having past lives, it is possible that uh, these two souls had met each other before. Yes. Um, there uh, is a, 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 a strong relationship between the two, an instructing relationship between the two. Mm-hmm. There's a supernatural exchange between them, and he also lends benevolence to her career. Mm-hmm. Um, we also took a look at uh, the date of June 22nd, 1559. Now, this is the day uh, that Nostradamus... He didn't predict the exact day, mm-hmm. but he pretty much got it spot on on what would happen during that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, first, I want to read what we found out about this day. Uh-huh. Uh, so, um, Catherine's uh, direction is uh, uh, in- inflicted... Uh, upon by an unknown psychic lesson. Uh, so that is very uh, powerful statement there. But there, the, something happens in her direction that is inflicted upon her, um, mm-hmm. and it's possibly from a psychic uh, lesson to be taught. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, she may not be seen uh, clearly on that day, uh, and, and that is something that happened throughout her life. She was not seen clearly by others. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a communication about war or conflict. <laughs> he said something good with the home. Uh, there's a fun gift to the home. Uh, well, maybe she might have later on looked at this as a fun gift, but was certainly very dramatic to her. Um, unexpected things with work and health, definitely. Uh, lightning changes uh, with, uh, with her partner. There are lightning changes with partner. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are supernatural changes with the partner. Mm -hmm. Someone is injured, and it happens fast. Mm -hmm. Uh, This uh, the partner getting on a horse and running at something. Mm -hmm. Uh, Injury to uh, uh, her partner. Mm -hmm. Uh, An unexpected injury to her partner. Mm -hmm. Death and rebirth with groups of people. Uh, Benevolence, good things with groups of people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Karma with warlike things. A very significant communication and warlike things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this date um, is uh, the date that uh, her husband uh, Henry, uh, King of France, uh, was killed in a joust mm-hmm. uh, with uh, the Count of Montgomery. Um, Nostradamus uh, he actually uh, uh, predicted uh, that this would happen uh, in his quatrains. Uh, he wrote uh, that the young lion will overcome the old in single combat. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, 
it would pierce his eyes through a golden cage. Wow. Two wounds become one, and he dies a cruel death. And uh, on that date in 1559, there was a joust between King Henry and Count Montgomery, and uh, he was uh, fatally injured uh, when uh, one of the splinters from the lance uh, entered his visor, went through his eyes uh, and into his brain, Ugh. and uh, he lived another 10 days in agony before Ugh. dying. Um, so definitely an unexpected injury. Definitely, I would say supernatural, seeing as Nostradamus had already predicted this and Catherine's relationship with Nostradamus. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say, uh, as far as a gift to the home, this is what allowed her to be the ruler of the home. Mm -hmm. This is what allowed her to put her family in, uh, uh, as first now um right. and and to and you know when you look at benevolence with groups of people now she was the benevolent ruler of france mm -hmm. uh, so she was the one in charge um and and worked uh, uh as best as she could uh to uh rule france in in a benevolent fashion so so many things are are right on for this day and for their relationship wow yeah, that's very interesting because um, uh, <laughs> Mars in Sag is, you know, getting on your horse and riding towards something. I mean, that's a very uh, basic uh, description of this transit, right? But not, I mean, that's very literal, you know. And then uh, Wounded Healer is... Uh, uh, also there that Chiron is there in Scorpio and with uh, uh, Uranus right there just conjunct that seventh house cusp you know and then Pluto and Jupiter transiting her 11th house great change death and rebirth with groups of people but also benevolence with groups of people so very 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 interesting and and like you know these transits, you can't calculate them to the day or the hour because these are longer transits than that. But when you're dealing with Uranus and it's it's hitting something in your chart, you need to be aware of that something could happen, you know, and kind of keep an eye on that and, you know, see how that goes. I don't know how Nostradamus was you know, calculating these things. Uh, maybe he was doing it astrologically, but I don't think that's how he did stuff. I thought he stared into water. He did both. Okay. He did everything. He did a, okay. He did everything that he knew of. He traveled okay. all over the world to see all of the mystics and figure everything out. So, like, when you talk about... Nostradamus predicted that all of the children would die before her, mm -hmm. but that they would all be kings of France. Mm -hmm. And what they say is that he did that through astrology, that he did wow. that by looking at all the charts. Okay. Um, now, this being in one of the quatrains, this was most likely... Uh, done through uh, the water and through uh, staring through the water and having this vision. Uh -huh. um, but I'm sure that astrology played a role in how he got to this one, too. Okay. Very, very interesting. Well, um, uh, this is a very, uh, very interesting subject, Catherine de' Medici, and then her relationship with Nostradamus. I don't have any educational background in this but um just in stories and and things like that it is understood that they had a very close relationship and got along really well mm -hmm. 
and benefited each other. Um, he warned her about things and, and was honest. Mm-hmm. He, he could have gone in there and lied and said, right. everything's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and, uh, I would imagine with someone with the reputation of Catherine de' Medici, that might be something that would have worked out better. Yeah. Um, or, or you would think that you would be afraid that she, mm-hmm. she might make you a cocktail. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, he told her the truth and the, the, the truth helped her in figuring out her life. And, uh, then she paid that back to him in, uh, giving him the honors and the, uh, uh, dignity of the crown supporting what he was doing. So yes. they were very good for each other. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it is relationships like this that you do assume, uh, that they have had relationships before in other lives, if you believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, that pretty much uh, sums up our little look here at um, Nostradamus and Catherine de' Medici. Um, uh, thank you all uh, so much for uh, listening to this uh, little uh, bonus episode of ours, and uh, we'll uh, see you in a little bit. We'll be back as soon as we can. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.